Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. Ten hours and ten years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. In a world... Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who's it? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world... Uh, Hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so... Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight. Get it down, ya. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously, you moron, we both do. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. And Zero Sports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, They'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. 
The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And this one's live, so cheers. We've got to start it out the right way. Woohoo! All right. Tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do? So I'm Tiana, and I work at the Manifesto Scott of Dubai Palm. You are a manifester. I'm a manifester. The hardest fucking job in skydiving. It is. It absolutely is. Is that what you've always wanted to be? You just woke up one day and went, I want to manifest? What? <laughs> I was dreaming about this job. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. Sure you were. All right, so you're, you're manifest for what is arguably an extremely busy drop zone. Yes. Like a lot of shit's going on. Um, there's a lot of jumpers. There's a lot of tandems being done, a lot of moving parts. So it's a busy, busy place. Um, obviously, you didn't start in Dubai. Where'd you start? I actually started in Dubai. Started working in Dubai or started, started jumping in Dubai? I started jumping in Dubai and working in Dubai. Oh, no shit. I am. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I would assume that you started jumping back home. No. So Which, by everything. the way, where is home? Home is Serbia. Serbia. Yep. Okay, cool. But it was completely different. So I came here working in a hospitality. That was like for maybe five years. Okay. And then in between those five years, I started skydiving first. And then later on, I got a job at, as a manifester. So you became a fun jumper in Dubai. That's a rare thing. Yeah, very spoiled on. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right. So that means you were ju- jumping out at the desert campus. Yeah. Um, which this would have been, you said, five years ago? Five it's, or s- it's five, 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 six years ago. Okay. How I started skydiving. Yeah. yeah. How'd you find out about it? So that was actually pretty interesting because I was about to leave Dubai. As I said, I was working in a hospitality and I kind of had enough of it. <laughs> and I was working with Benji, which is also a skydiver and yeah, yeah. friend of mine. So he used to work with me. And I was about to leave. I told him that my things are like partially packed and I wanted to jump. And I told him to book the tandem. So he came one day, actually the day before, he came to me and he just dropped me the ticket. And he's like, hey, so here it is. It's a little bit different. It's not a it's not a tandem. I was like, what do you mean it's not a tandem? He's like, um, you know, you're going to have two instructors on a side. It's a bit different, but still good to go. And I was like, <laughs> I never heard, like, I never was even thinking of it. I didn't even know that you can actually do that. So I was there like... Hmm, okay, is that safe? Yeah, for sure safe. So we have a day, ground school, you're going to go there, they will teach you everything, and then the next day you go and jump. I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, this is actually interesting. Yeah. So we did a ground school. I went for a jump. I remember the canopy opened, and I was like, ah, fuck, I found it. That's <laughs> it, that's it. I cried under the canopy. Did you really? Yeah, I really cried. Well, so, okay, when you've got Benji, uh, who is the slick-talking Frenchman, uh, who has been on the podcast. By the way, did you know Benji is a professionally trained a classical saxophone player? Yep. I, I didn't that. fucking yep. know that. He didn't tell me this shit. <laughs> he's, and he's, he's not played the saxophone for me yet. I'm still, Benji, you've got to do that. 
Um, so he tells you it's perfectly safe. How full of shit is he? Full of shit. Fucking. Don't worry, nothing is under control. Fucking Frenchman. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's a couple people holding on to you. It's going to be perfectly safe. Did you, I mean, were you getting through ground school going, wait a second, they've just told me that there's like a dozen different ways I can fucking die. Yes. We're, we're, I mean, and you're not even jumping till the next day. Did you, you had to have had some words for Benji. I was sitting there. I remember I was sitting in the ground school and thinking, what? Did I sign up for it? The guy was just talking about the canopy. What you gonna do? And I was thinking, he said it's safe. <laughs> like what? I didn't go for a tandem jump. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, safe. Yeah. I mean, mm. even it used to be the the running joke too. Of course, uh, even just doing tandems, we'd have students at the drop zones that I was doing tandems that would come up. So it's safe, right? My response would be no. No. <laughs> people, people. I mean, have you? Does has anybody died? Yes, absolutely. But not tandems, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. But no, you this, this, this could kill you. I'm like, why do you think you just had to sign a 28-page waiver and Waivers, basically yeah. give a fucking blood sample at this point, you know? So it's kind of funny that you got talked into doing an AFF from Benji who said it was safe. <laughs> fucking hell. So first jump and you're hooked. Yes, so it was the first jump. I cried under the canopy. I came down. <laughs> I looked like that's where the, the name chicken came from because I came down with the eyes open, here out of the helmet, like, ah, that's it. I found it. I came home. I unpacked things, and I never left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So it was a nice story. You, you left Serbia specifically to come to work in Dubai in hospitality. Not really. So um, I didn't really know where to go. Okay. And a friend of mine was here already in Dubai, so that was like the easiest option. And uh, in Serbia, I used to work as a ballet teacher, which was pretty hard to, to make money. And I kind of got tired of chemistry because that was, that was a thing that I was studying. And I just woke up one day and I told my mom, I think I'm going to leave. Jesus, you've had quite a varied background. You um, were a ballet teacher studying chemistry. Yes. <laughs> and ended up in hospitality in Dubai. Yes. <laughs> Fucking love it. Imagine. I came to the hospitality here, and I didn't know at that time in Serbia, we don't have really big bottles. You have one bottle on the table, which yeah. I didn't know as well, because the only thing that I know to pour is a bottle of water, because I was, you know, a good kid dancing uh -huh. twice in a day. No, no, no. I uh -huh. came here. Bottle of six liters on the table. Looking at the bottle, bottle was bigger than me. What do I do with it? So yeah. Like, Can someone tell me how to serve this? Yeah. So that's where I ended up. Wow. Wow. So when you you left Serbia just in in search of something. Yeah. So I actually wanted to find myself. Yeah. I love dancing. It's definitely my first love. But it was always something like, okay, I gotta do something. I gotta find something else. And then I did the first sky dive and was like, that's it. Well, I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but dancing professionally is kind of like trying to go be a Hollywood star. There's a lot of talent out there that never, ever gets seen. Yes. Right? Actually, yeah. I it mean, it's got to be extremely difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons because it's very hard like to, to pop up on the stage. You have to. It's not even about the talent. It's not. I don't. To be honest, I don't even know what are the ways to get on that stage to be. To be the the prima the ballerina, pre, yeah, the prima ballerina. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty hard. It's got to be. It's got well. I mean, 
The, it looks torturous. I've seen, it is torture. I've seen pictures of ballerinas' feet taped together and skin falling off and just it's very bad. It, hideous. It, it looks fucking brutal. It is very bad. That's why I actually chose the contemporary ballet over the classic ballet for that reason because it is a torture. You kind of have no life. Everything goes into it. But I mean... As every professor. So wait, you became a skydiver. skydiver and now I have life. Yeah. No, now you now have I no have life. You, same, same thing, different thing. Yeah. Fucking hell. I don't even know which is more dangerous, fucking skydiving or dancing. They're both pretty um, risky. I think it's the same level. Yeah, probably. I think uh, old dancers and old skydivers both have a lot of aches and pains, I'm guessing. Yeah, for sure. Fucking Actually, hell. Actually, it's pretty similar, yeah. So what did, uh, um, first off, what did the family think when you're like, I'm leaving Serbia to find myself because you this had to be young how old how old were you I was 20 23 years old 20, 20 22 years old right, so when 22 years old and you're like fuck it I'm out of here I don't know where or what or I'm just going that's but she wasn't surprised at all <laughs> she wasn't were surprised. you that kind of kid <laughs> yeah she said I was expecting this I kind of saw it yeah because I had stages in my life like everything was perfect like very good at high school very good at ballet Everything perfect, perfect. And she was just like, you know, I was waiting for that moment when you're just going to go She's going to snap. She's going <laughs> to fucking snap. snap at some point. Somebody's going get- to give her the uh, the blue pill instead of the red one. Yeah. And she's going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I got a blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what did she think when uh, you – did you tell her right away that you had uh, started skydiving or did you wait? I told her that I'm... Uh, actually, I didn't even tell her that I packed my things. I wanted to just go as a surprise because mm. I think she had enough with me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's keep it quiet. Right. And then the night before we went for a skydive, I told her, so this is happening. I'm going to let you know how did it go. And <laughs> that's it. So the next morning when I did the skydive, I just told her, that's it. I'm not I'm not coming back. <laughs> He's like, okay, do you have anything else? <laughs> like, what, what, what else is coming? <laughs> So you're working in hospitality and you um, arguably are not enjoying it. You're not enjoying your time in Dubai at the time. You're ready to fucking go. And then you find what is probably one of the most expensive hobbies ever that you want to take part in. Yes, that's why I blame Benji for, for he's guilty for my happiness and an empty, <laughs> empty wallet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, because arguably Dubai is not a, a cheap place to live. You, I mean, you can live cheap, but it's not easy to do. And if you pick a hobby like skydiving, especially if you're jumping at the desert drop zone, it's a ways out there. I mean, so you got to be able to get back and you, forth. You need to go there. Yeah, as you said, you have to drive yourself there, yeah. back, pay the drums, pay the rig, pay everything. And you know how it's in the beginning. Like, you don't have your equipment, so you got to rent everything. Yeah. It was quite expensive. Yeah. But the job, like the hospitality, the, the place where I used to work, which was, I was also very lucky with that place because I used to work only three days, three nights. Oh, nice. Which was like three nights of torture from five o'clock until seven, eight o'clock in the morning. You work pretty, pretty tough, but um, he paid well. So basically the hospitality actually paid my skydives. Sure. And then at some point I was like, okay, that's that's enough. They opened the, the position at Manifest and that's how I got a job. 
So, and that was how long after your first jump you transitioned into working? So that was, I think I was skydiving for maybe two, three years, and okay. then I got the job at Manifest. Okay. I mean, that's that's a good chunk of time to be at one operation and to get to know people and stuff, yep. too. Yep, for sure. Um, but It was an easy transition. Sure. Well, in some ways, though, because you said hospitality paid well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was the other thing. Well, but you know, that, I, then I reached the point, either you do what you love yeah. and you're with, like surrounded with healthy people because hospitality, the crew was fun, but working with the people in a nightlife yeah, it's is not, not what you want. It's not healthy. Not at all, especially especially not here. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah. So it was a nice transition, but if we talk about money, sure, it was more like, what do you love? Sure. Well, absolutely. And clearly skydiving at that point had pretty much taken over. No, for sure. Yeah. Now, how many jumps did you have when you started working in the sport? So when I started working in the sport, I had maybe around 300 jumps. Yeah. So it was around 300 jumps. Okay. And now I'm on a thousand plus. So you actually were cranking out jumps pretty damn heavy. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because for me sitting up front... Um, I had no idea who the hell you were until you started working manifest because I never see fun jumpers in the back. I don't, I'm looking out the front door. So I've been flying you your entire career. Yep. That's very strange. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) I I didn't, that just crossed my mind. I'm one of the few pilots that's ever flown. Six years of my life, huh? (laughs) How crazy is that? That's, that's pretty cool. But 300 jumps before you started working Manifest, and then you made the boneheaded mistake to take the hardest fucking job in the Manifest. <laughs> did you know what you were in for? I mean, did you? No, a... no, no. If I knew that I'm going to be dealing with you almost oh, every right? day. Yes. <laughs> I will never take that. <laughs> yeah, actually, because I, I, I want to ask. I've, I've had Manifestors on before, but it's kind of funny because I've, I've never really been able to talk bluntly about how fucking hard it's got to be to deal with people like me so hard. you know that at one point i was seeing to not show up at work because you <laughs> gave me a hard time man that was bad every time you know i started actually dragging my schedules your schedules to see when are you flying i was like oh okay i gotta mentally prepare myself You're like that motherfucker <laughs> that son of a bitch she's working god damn it but then uh, then we found a way soon. Yeah, well, yeah. it usually works that way. It yeah. usually works that way. I mean, we it, it, skydiving, it's a big family, right? And it's a dysfunctional <laughs> as fuck family. I mean, it works somehow. It works, but you get to know people. And it's kind of funny, sure. too, because the like the last, I want to say, year that we've worked together, my bad mood meant that I just shut up. Yep. And yep. I didn't you say anything. <laughs> and you'd be like... Are you in a good mood today? Because you're you're not talking, and I'd have to go. No, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. And I know that you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm <mean> fine. <laughs> like, don't ask me that shit on the radio. God I damn know. it. <laughs> I know because we reached that point, that now I know how yeah. you breathe. You yeah. know, when you say things on radio, it's like, okay, today's the day. Yeah. Today's not yeah. the day. <laughs> oh, he's chit chatty. Well, and and for a while there too, it would be especially depending on who is working manifest. Uh, I'd start the day off with a joke or play around just to let them know, hey, I'm in a great, great fucking mood. Fucking this mood. is, let's have some fun. Yeah. Uh, right up until, um, you know, something goes really goofy and then I get quiet. But so you start in Manifest. You've got to deal with assholes like me. 
Um, but which is fine. You made me stronger. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's a backhanded compliment <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, you're an asshole, but I'm stronger for it. <laughs> um, but I mean, you have to deal with so many different types of people, right? Yep. I mean, we'll I, we'll mention another pilot while we're on the subject of pilots. You've got one that we've worked with for a few years that just won't shut the fuck up ever on the radio. You mean? Tai, tai yeah, tai. okay, yeah, so that's what I was tai, thought. Yeah. But you too, in a combination, it's, we needed to mute, huh? Yeah. Like there, we had days when we were thinking, should we mute the radio? Just shut, can we just shut these fuckers <laughs> up? Do we have to talk to the pilots? Because, yeah, unfortunately, Ty and I would feed off of each other. when we, If we both showed up in good moods, ooh, ooh, it was ooh, bad. Ooh. It was bad. <laughs> bad but good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like those yeah, yeah. But that boy doesn't shut up at all. No, Ever. 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 No, he does not stop. <laughs> which is fun. It's fun. Yeah, but it makes it more interesting. For then. sure. Well, now, what about, which which operation did you start working Manifest at? Did you start in the desert? So I started the desert, yes. <clears throat> so it was a check-in and then Manifest actually was, yeah, I mean, we do, we do both. Sure. So it was the desert and then Corona happened, we left home, came back. I had a summertime, I had a palm. Right. And then I then I got moved. Yeah, to the pond. Now, which did you find is easier dealing with tandem customers or experienced jumpers? This is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, See, uh, I was gonna um, say we wouldn't talk so specifically <laughs> about Dubai, but this is the only place you've ever worked, so. <laughs> uh, I think I find it easier to to deal with tandem passengers. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's just the same thing all the time? It's kind of, no, I can't say autopilot, but yeah, in a way, like, you don't, it's, yes, actually, you're right. Yeah, it's the same thing all the time. Yeah, yeah, It's always, it, there's like six personalities. Like, and and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, the skydivers, you know, like, everyone. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Pretty low. Well, but you get to know them really well, too, right? I mean, you've got the personnel. I mean, the... For sure, but you need some time, huh? Like sure. It, you need a time to, to reach that point. But... Well, and I can always tell when a manifestor's reached that point because you, you guys go from being quiet and trying to make everybody happy to eventually just looking somebody in the eyes and going, shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the window down yep. and do not even think yep. of approaching it. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember um, it was out at the, the desert drop zone. The desert drop zone at the time had the window that you could close in front of Manifest. <laughs> and that was me. It Was it you? It was me. Oh, my God. And that Chinese lady kept coming in, and she had questions like every three minutes. And I was trying to talk to you about something, and it was like the 10th time that she walked up to the window. And while she was in mid-speak, I just leaned over and closed the window in her face. <laughs> And then I looked down at you, looking at me horrified, and I'm like, if I did manifest, they would have fired me in five For minutes. Sure. <laughs> I did the same thing. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. I did the same thing. I shut that window, but I was sitting there. Ah, like, oh, this feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a long day. Like you start at seven o'clock. You yes. At six. Keep on coming. Sure. Keep on coming. And especially the desert. Desert is pretty hard when it comes to the student hold, so many limits. You need to change things on a two-minute now call. Sure. People are coming to ask so many questions. You yeah. have skydivers. You have instructors. Like so many moving parts. Over. 
Yeah. That's that's why, uh, bar none, there is no harder job. I mean, I consider flying at a busy drop zone difficult um, because I've got a lot of shit going on as well. But I only have to handle the plane, plane. that I'm flying at that time and the jump runs that are going on at that time. And so that's my whole world right there. But you've got to handle the plane that I'm flying, the one that I just finished flying, and the next dozen that I have to fly. And that's only when it comes to planes. Yeah. Then where are the people? Where are the instructors? Where are the students? Where is the rotation? Like, you have to be really, like, it's multitasking. Yes. It's pretty hard. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard. I'm very happy that we also got that window at the palm. <laughs> But it does not help so much. <laughs> it doesn't help People so much. People just lean around the window. They just come and open it. Excuse yeah. me. How do I go upstairs? <laughs> do they? See, I've been, I, I've said it a million times. They should have paintball guns for manifestors with Ooh. different colored balls. Oh, that would be nice. And the color denotes how fucking stupid the person you shot is. Oh, that's a nice Yeah. Idea. So if it's a yellow one, you know, they're kind of dumb, but you can deal with them. But if it's a red, red. you just fucking Ooh. lock the window. Red flag. Yes. I yeah. think that would be amazing. And that's then they actually just, a good idea. They got to walk around all day and all the staff just know that one, the red dye. Yeah, keep the fuck away from that guy. I mean. That's a good one. Well, it's cool, though, because I know you've been doing Manifest now for quite some time, but I watch you actively. Oh, you can't let that stay empty here. Um, you. You, you actively uh, get yourself out of the Manifest window and onto a load. Yep. That's, um, That's a big deal. It is. A, like, to me, um, as you said, you know, I started skydiving before I even got the Manifest job, and... To me, my dream is to be, like, not dream. I really want to be in the air. Mm. That's where I'm, that's what I like. That's sure. what I love. And every time I get an opportunity, you can find me up there. Yeah. So um, it is happening pretty often lately, and I think that was that was one of the good things, me moving from the desert to the palm, because mm. desert is a bit harder. The working hours are completely different. By the time you finish the day, you don't really you don't really have time for yourself. Sure. And to get out on the load is a bit harder. Sure. So in a way, I kind of started losing myself there. Right. And then I got moved to the Palm, and that's where actually skydiving happened, got to happen more often than it was before. Nice, nice. Well, it's always been kind of a... Um a lot of similarities from my perspective from the pilots and manifestors because we're the first ones at the drop zone. Uh, you know, the pilots are, are at the Same, plane yep. you, while you guys are at the office setting up yep. and we're the last ones to finish because yeah. you guys are dealing with the customers for the next day and I'm putting the plane to bed. Yeah, basically it's the same. The same. We have the same hours. Yeah. By the time you reach the farm, that's where we are at the office. Yeah. And it's fucking brutal. It's a hard, it's hard, hard job. It's it is. hard. So it's very cool that you keep your passion enough to, during the middle of a work day, grab your rig and go get on a plane. Seems that he's actually pretty strong. Yeah. 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 Now, um, you obviously you love jumping, so is there the plan to transition out of the window and into the plane? I think it's kind of in the progress. Actually, I think it's in the process. Sorry, it's happening. Mm -hmm. So this uh, season, uh, in June, I got my AFF rating. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a fucking hard rating. Thank you. It is. Right. That I actually, no, I don't think I've done <laughs> I don't think I've done <laughs> <laughs> that was out of the heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just lost words uh, right yes. there. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think I've done anything more stressful than that. No. No. But I like the rush. Yes. Ah. It's ah. it's an incredible so challenge. It's so good. It is very challenging. So when they did the course with you, did they play the head games with you where the student plays the stupid student and all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. That's Shunka the part. Shunka did his job. Oh, Shunka, <laughs> Shunka, Jesus. Yeah. Very good. Mighty, mighty midget. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> yeah. blue eyes yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a yeah. big tummy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, fucking Romanian amazing skydiver <laughs> from, uh, um, I, I think he's somewhere in between a hobbit and an elf <laughs> height-wise, but he's as round as one of the hey, gnomes. Not anymore, you know. He's Is he nice and trim now? Super nice, huh? I, I haven't seen The other day we were sitting in the, yesterday we were sitting in the aircraft and he kept on closing the door. <laughs> it's like, I feel cold. <laughs> like you lost so much fat, man. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> So he was one of your evaluators. Yes. So he was the evaluator. Oh wow! That's he it's, made it. He made it hard. Yeah. But I'm actually grateful for that. I'm, well, they need to, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did my course years and years and years back, and I had a lot of pressure on me because I had been offered a job at a drop zone called Skydive Cross Keys, which was at the time the busiest drop zone in the whole country, maybe even in the world. If you got a job there, you were going to make some good money and jump your ass off. But my job required me to get my AFF rating and I didn't have it at the time. So I quit my job in Las Vegas and had to drive through Skydive Arizona on my way to Skydive Cross Keys and in Arizona was doing my course. If I didn't pass that course, I didn't have a job to go to or a home to go back to because I sold my house and everything. And I get to the course and there, there weren't that many AFF evaluators uh, in the, in the world at the time. Um, and the guy that was running my course was a guy by the name of Billy Rhodes, who was like one of the original AFF evaluators. And he's this massive, uh, Southern guy. I think he was from Tennessee or something like that. And he's got this Southern drawl and, and I, I meet him, I show up and I'm like, Mr. Rhodes, it's really nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. So oh, it's nice to meet you too. I'm like, cool. This is, this is great. He's all, so I, I didn't see you at my, my pre-course. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's been crazy. I just left Las Vegas and straight here, so I wasn't able to do the pre-course. And he just kind of goes, huh, I've, I've never actually passed anybody that didn't do my pre-course. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> but good luck. It's nice to meet you. And fucking walks away. And I'm, and so started the week-long mind fuck that is the AFF course. And oh my, and I passed. But holy shit. I can imagine. I've never felt stress like that. No, I think I never felt also stressed. Yeah. Like during the AFF course, I think that was like the the top. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. top of the stress oh, experience yeah. so far. You burst into tears on your first parachute opening. I burst into tears when I landed Land. from that because I knew I passed. <laughs> it it came down to the last jump. I fucking had the handle in my hand, and that motherfucker was under parachute, and I landed, and I was just done. I had nothing left. <laughs> it was everything I had. <laughs> All right, so cool. So you got That's your AFF cool. rating. Um, are you thinking about uh, maybe chucking drogues as well, doing tandems? I'm not very sure. My heart is <laughs> <laughs> my heart is not really there. But you know, I I would like to try out of curiosity. Sure. Out of curiosity, maybe I change my mind. But like, if I need to ask myself now what I would like to do, definitely not tandems. Mm. I kind of find it. I, just thinking to have that 25 kg in my back, 
does not really make me happy. And sure. I think I like more interaction, like face to face, than to just hang someone. That yeah, yeah. Still, yes, like you, you giving the dream. I don't, I do understand that part, but I think it's more about the interaction. And maybe because I already have the the history teaching ballet. Sure. It's easier for me to to relate these two. Sure, I think the only the only roadblock for you in that respect is that nowadays, if you want to work in skydiving, if you don't have every rating, you don't have a job. And that's going to be most probably the only reason why I will do the tandem. Sure. Well, and it used to be. I mean, the skydiving used to be a terribly sexist sport in that you would never see a female tandem instructor. Now, I'd say. Almost half of the active instructors I know are women. Are and actually females, yeah. Fucking badasses, and yep. they're petite like you. Um, I remember the first time I saw a petite female tandem instructor. I'm like, oh my, oh, yeah. that's got to be some hard work. And then I watched her fly and went, oh, she's just that much better than me. <laughs> 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 like she's a she's a fucking ninja. It's amazing, Never doubt. <laughs> you know, taking these. But I couldn't I couldn't quite figure it out. And and uh, um, she just was flawless with it. And she's like, well, for me, almost everybody is heavier than me, and the heavy side always falls down. Plus, I work my ass off for it. So, you know, I think uh, I, I think you're going to end up screwed eventually if you want to be a full-time working skydiver. I think, I, I, you know, I kind of don't want to admit, but I already see it happening, to Someday. be honest. But let me live in my dream yeah, for no, no, a little no. while. You, you live in your fantasy world <laughs> yeah. for as long as you can. And, and uh, I mean... Get your, you know, get your stripes with uh, with AFF because you'll become an incredible flyer. And of course, being in Dubai, you have access to amazing talent and two really big fucking wind tunnels in the region. Not for sure. Like the schooling here, people that I can learn from, I I don't think there is better. It's not that I actually seen so many. Like as I said in the beginning, I'm a pretty spoiled child. Sure. You know, Dubai, Serbia, Romania was the third drop zone. So so far for like five years, I've seen only three drop zones. Right. The beautiful experience. Sure. For sure. But um, yes, I think it's. I think I'm at the right place and uh, the, for sure. the the right time. Is it is it strange that you work at a drop zone where literally all the best in the world come on a pretty regular basis? Like how many people did you find out like a year later were that guy did what? This guy's responsible for what? Like Omar Al-Hijalan, super active jumper in Dubai, and you yep. have no idea how many times people are like, who the fuck is he? Who is this person? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 that's that's Omar. Who's Omar? What do you mean, who's Omar? There's only one. <laughs> and that's the one, yeah. But, I, yeah, for me, I didn't know. Like, I grew up here. <laughs> right, right. It, but it's got to it's gotta be kind of cool. I mean, but have, it's you, so nice. have you done uh, big uh, dives back into the past to find out what some of these yep. people have done? Yep. Yeah, I've been going through. Yeah, well, not to mention um, you're in a place that goes out of its way to do really cool events and special events. You know, I mean, two of our good friends, Nick and Matt, doing a, a night wingsuit jump off the fucking Burj Khalifa. Yeah, I sick. mean, come on. Sick. And then next thing you know. Well, what a crew we have, huh? Yeah. You're actually awesome. Yeah. You know, and then next thing you know, you're you're manifesting them to do tandems with someone who has no clue that they're doing tandems with a badass. Yeah, true. You see, I actually never actually went that far. Yeah. 
It's really cool to think about. That's one of the things that I have always enjoyed about skydiving is that we're anonymous to the rest of the world. And because most of the people doing incredibly badass things in skydiving also have to survive, which means working in the sport, it means that your AFF instructor could possibly have just won the, the world. Uh, or just won, uh, you know, a huge swoop competition or be an absolute tunnel ninja and they're taking you on your first jump. It's pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, it's safe, huh? Yeah. It's safe. It's pretty goddamn cool. <laughs> cool. It really is. I mean, so... You got to be safe too. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, I mean, where do you see yourself down the road? If, if you could write a script for how it's going to happen, where would you find yourself? Um, what I would like to, um, if I'm definitely moving coaching to the tunnel and keep it in between those two, I guess, again, that dancing kind of take me to that tunnel sure. and teaching, teaching part. But, um, the last, last part that I would actually like to experience and I keep on, keep on picturing myself on that cliff. Um, um, you want to be one of those? I would really like to. I would really like to. And I had that one dream. I woke up and I said, I really need to experience this. So I started packing that base rig. <sighs> I'm so torn. I'm just packing. I'm just packing. I'm just packing because it's also similar to the reserve, right? So rigging license. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Rigging license. But... No, seriously, I would, I would really like to experience that. Uh, I mean, what, what, I, I, what am I, I? There's nothing I can say. Have you done it? No. Done? No, but so I, I hit a very pivotal time in my life. Right about the time I would have been a base jumper, I knew I was going to become a dad. And back then, we're talking 26 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, base jumping was not nearly as advanced as it is now. Um, and it was a super risky thing to do. You know, I mean, there were only a couple of places that you could go jump that were considered semi-safe. Um, and so I had to decide, all right, um, if I'm going to be a dad, I already jump out of airplanes for a living. Can I really now start going and jumping off of mountains? No, for sure. I understand that part. So I made the decision back then, no, I'm not going to be a base jumper. And now... I don't have the balls for it. No? Uh, no, honestly. I mean, maybe it's because of my exposure to so many um, of the most amazing base jumpers in the world that aren't with us anymore, um, that were at the top of their game. Um, I've said goodbye to too many friends that way. Granted, with very few exceptions, these are all people that were pushing the absolute limit of the envelope of the sport, right? The peak of it and doing the most hardcore stuff. So just your average everyday, I hate to use the word safe, safe base jump, I I would probably fucking love it, but I don't need to fall in love with that. I, I, I don't need to. That's what I was thinking of because like – you know that I was. I, I think I was actually talking to Nick about it. But um, so you either keep it current, like n that's where I actually I'm going to do it for sure. At some <laughs> point, I'm going to do it. But like, what is the way to do it? You right. know, like, do you do it every couple of jumps? Yeah. A year, a season, whatever, or like where? 
because you are not current, right? Like if you do a couple of drums a year, you are not current. But right. then you got to push the limits. So what's the bal- the balance sure. there? That's what that's what kind of concerns me. To be well, honest. I, and I know that there are places that are considered places that you go to get recurrent. So places that are very well established base uh, uh, exit points, and uh, I think Brento's one of them that's considered yep. pretty safe and. And uh, um, or, you know, certain bridges and where they do courses and stuff where if you're uncurrent, that's what you do. Well, if you're only going to jump a few times a year, then those would be the places you would go jump. Yeah, but you know us skydivers, yeah. you, you get bored easily. Of course. <laughs> you want yeah, more well, excitement. <laughs> and then it's always that offer, hey, we're going to go flick this or do that. or yeah. And there's always something. It's another view. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's so... I'm lucky in that um, I I had to make that decision for myself so long ago, and now honestly, the idea of of doing it now just doesn't interest me. I would like to do that before I become a parent, if I ever become one. Sure, sure, <laughs> that would be. Yeah, that's that's a Let's tough see. that's a tough conversation too, because I'm a. a I have so many friends that are active in base jumping that have significant others um, or kids that continue on, and I really don't know how I feel about that. It's so difficult because I love that they love how much they do. You know, they absolutely have such this huge passion, but then there's the the dad part of me that's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. So it's, I'm so torn between that. And I'm kind of getting at that age with the long white beard that you, I'm like, oh, but you're like basically my daughter's age and you want to go start fucking base jumping? What do you, (laughs) and that dad, that dad instinct starts to kind of kick in. So it's it's very strange for me because I I refuse to grow up, but it's happening anyway. (laughs) So I don't know. So base jumping, huh? I would really like to. Is it, what do you think it is about base jumping that's drawing you? I think it's, just that, you know, I hike a lot. Mm-hmm. I like I hike the mountains, and I like to be on the top. And every time I reach that top, I'm like, ah, it's missing that sure. part. You know, like I'm standing there looking down, like oh, <laughs> I just want to go down. Like it's calling me. Yeah. And um, I think it's that kind of a bird feeling, you know, sure. like just being there, absorb the beauty. And well, what is it they say that people's fear of heights is not standing on a ledge, being afraid that they're gonna fall. It's standing on the ledge, being afraid that they're gonna jump. Jump. And it's true because I'm scared of heights. Most skydivers that I know have, uh, I don't, I don't want to say a fear of heights, but a, a definite respect for heights. For heights, for sure. Because yeah. from the sixth floor balcony, I know exactly where I'm going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've been imagining that yeah, couple of Yeah, because I, kn- I know where my setup would be under canopy from the 24th yeah. floor. For, you know, I'm always under parachute at that point. So imagining being in free fall at that point for me is a, ooh. But there is that call, right? Mm, You're like, oh, I can fucking do it. And so when I I heard that said for the first time that, yeah, it's not the fear of falling, it's the fear of jumping, it made complete sense. Um, And I've been able to to analyze that and go, oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of going out on a a high balcony because of that. Because I'm like, I really want to fucking kind of jump off of it. (laughs) You really want, right? Yeah, I just won't do it. It is, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's really calling me. Like yeah. even when I'm, I've been on the 78th floor here looking down. It's like, whoa, I need to stop. Like, <laughs> I really need For to sure. stop. I already started thinking, who has the base rig? How do I do this without the cords? <laughs> but just fucking. <laughs> but no. I would I would tell <laughs> no, you to no, make no. me to make you promise me, but it wouldn't matter. Just fucking do it right. Do a course. No, for sure, for sure. No, no, no. Like uh, that's uh, for sure. A, a, a great uh, guy and and uh, uh, incredibly talented uh, wingsuiter years ago. Uh, I had mentioned I wanted to uh, wingsuit and that I should go out and and take the course. Uh, and he was like, course. Dude, I got a spare suit in my locker. We can just go out tomorrow and do it. And his the the spare suit was like at the time like the fucking machine, you know, just the rock star suit. But he was like, "Well, fuck it, just do it, man. It'll be fine." And it's that mentality that makes me fucking nervous. So do it right. <laughs> no, I also been invited, and I said no. I'm going home. Yeah. Do a <laughs> we course. We need to do this in a proper way. For well, the, the benefit for you being in a place where so much talent comes through is you can get all the answers to the questions that you have and know who to go to to learn properly. Right? No, for sure. I'm always up to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, that's the big thing. But. I was thinking this summer, <laughs> maybe next. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So what, is the, what does the family think of uh, this being your career choice? Uh, she said, let's talk about that when it comes closer. <laughs> base jumping or, or base jumping. Uh, being a full-time skydiver? Base jumping, when it comes closer, she, does, she doesn't want to talk about that. Sure. But when it comes to the career and like what I'm at the moment, where am I at the moment? She's supporting and she's actually pretty happy because that's like, my it's my love. It sounds like a pretty cool mom. She's pretty cool, not like that, that woman. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of the benefits of you being able to get your tandem rating is you'd be able to take her on the jump. I know. I've been thinking about that, but yeah. you know, every time I think about that, it's like, do I really want to? <laughs> actually, it's not. I would really like to take her on a tandem, but. <clears throat> Going for, like, me, because I was in between, like, this year I was thinking, should I go for AFF or tandem? Right. Like, what's the thing <clears throat> that I should choose first? Sure. And then I asked myself, actually, Vitor made me think about that. And he was like, would you take your grandmother for a tandem? Like, you think you're ready for it? And that's where I actually started questioning, like, do I, sure. am I really ready for this? Like, sure. would I take my grandmother for a tandem? And I don't think I'm ready for it, to sure. be honest. So that's I would be really happy to 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 give her that, but I don't really feel it. Sure. Well, I mean, I I didn't get my tandem rating until I had a couple thousand jumps, and I got pushed into it. I did not want to get my tandem rating, uh, and this was back in the day when you could get away with just being a camera flyer, and I was happy just being a cameraman, and I was at a drop zone in Vegas where you could make a lot of money just shooting video. Um, but what the a owner, dream job. yeah, oh, it was absolutely. Um, but the owner was like, fuck you, you're going to start doing tandems or you can find another job. Um, now all these years later, my favorite way to skydive overall is tandems. I fucking, I loved taking people, but when given the opportunity to take any family, no, no, didn't want to. Why? Um, just the idea that now a family member's life is in my hands. As weird as that sounds. Um, it was very strange. Like my daughter came out and made her first skydive and she jumped with Alberto. Um, and I not only did not jump with them, 
I wouldn't even fly the plane. I sat in the fucking co-pilot seat and took pictures because I was a nervous wreck. Now, the second time she jumped, I actually did jump with her and we had a blast. I didn't take her on the tandem, but I jumped out with them because um, I'm way uncurrent and will remain that way. Um, but I, the idea of taking her, there's no way. I would have been a basket case. This reminded me of my story, actually, when I took my... So my mom arrived here and it was her birthday, so I took her for a tandem. It was a surprise. And I was not, I didn't, I also didn't join the jump. I didn't want to. I refused. (laughs) I said, that was the first time actually I jumped uh, out of caravan also. We had it at the desert. Mm. And I remember sitting down there, they were behind. And I was not feeling good. Like, (laughs) I felt like I'm going to puke. Yeah. I got out of the plane. Don't ask me what did I do in that jump. Thank God I pulled. I landed and I was literally holding myself on the grass, like thinking, what just happened? Yep. It was bad. Like yeah. the emotions that I was going through, I didn't like it. So I can't really. It's weird. I can't it's, imagine it's, taking it, my mom It's for it. weird when it's family and it's uh, especially weird as a parent when, you're, when your kid's jumping. Like I've had a bunch of people on the podcast that have kids and I'm like, so what if your kid decides they want to go out and be a skydiver? And some are like, fucking cool. This would be amazing. And others are like, oh, really hope that doesn't happen. Because. What we do is dangerous. It is, but you know, I was always thinking about it. Like, it's dangerous. But also when I sit in the car here in Dubai, like, I find it more stressful than yeah. being under the canopy, to be Oh, honest. it's a lot more fucking stressful. It's there's stress. no doubt about it. It's, it's stress. It, 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 I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stresses in skydiving, in, in skydiving, and most of them are very positive stresses, and they're... Their growth, you know, I mean, you get, you're a much stronger person as you become a more confident skydiver. You can handle fear dramatically better. You can handle stressful situations dramatically Mm, better. Much better, yeah. Um, But you're under a constant amount of stress. Um, Like I, I I think I talked about it on the last podcast, but I've, I've now officially recently retired and I couldn't figure out for like the first week after my retirement um, the first week was just another week, almost just like I had a couple extra days off. And then the second week rolled around and I was just in this fucking great mood for no particular reason and just fearing, feeling very light and very, I, I don't know, I couldn't quite explain it. And then it dawned on me, oh, I'm the only person I might accidentally kill today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have hundreds of lives in my hands today, every fucking day. They, For the last 27 years, I've had the potential to kill at least one other person, if not plane loads full. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I woke up that morning and went, <laughs> I'm the only one I, I could probably kill, kill today. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so, you made me think when you said that when we were talking about your last day. And you actually made me think, like, you actually have so many people in your hands. Yes, all of Every us do. Day. All of us do. It, it's it's crazy that you think about the, the responsibility that mm. happens in skydiving that we, we don't, obviously we don't take it for granted. Skydiving, we work daily, minute by minute, to try and keep it as safe as humanly possible. But, man... There's a lot of trust and a lot of responsibility that goes into it all. And I I don't think I even thought about the fact that, oh, my goodness, 
Wow. All right. Cool. I. It's just well, that's me. That's the beauty, huh? Yeah. But it's the beauty of it. It was. It was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. So now I get to when when the doctor finally clears me, I'll be able to go just be a fun jumper, <laughs> and it'll just be me. Are you gonna do it? Uh, oh, I'll jump again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Once a skydiver, always a skydiver. And I still really enjoy skydiving. I only stopped skydiving again because my neck started fucking with me. And I'm only not jumping now because the doctor hasn't cleared me yet. Uh, it'll be on to bigger parachutes that open softer and, you know, not worrying about coming in hot and any of that shit. But nobody was ever impressed with my canopy skills anyway. Oh, that's gonna be beautiful. Viva yeah, la yeah. Just it'll be a lot of fun to get back in the air and just go be a fun jumper. And when was and... the last time you jumped? Well, almost two years now. Yeah, almost oh, okay. two years. Because I had to stop jumping when I started getting work done on my neck, and then the first surgery, and then the second surgery, and so I'd I'd like so to keep right. my head attached. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you know. So one heart opening, at, you know, up until now could have done some real serious damage. So, but I think I'm finally getting back to the point where probably next season I'll be able to jump again, um, and you know, put together a rig with a bigger parachute and all that stuff, and and we'll see. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's my whole future in skydiving is <laughs> uh, is being a fun jumper and finding other cool jumpers to talk shit with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> Piece of cake, right? So, for anybody that's listening, for um, all the the younger jumpers or people that are thinking about getting into the sport, um, what advice do you have? Because obviously, you don't just start as a working skydiver. If you're going to work in the sport, um, you either pay God knows how much money to get thousands of jumps to get the rating to get the job or you start like you did early on. So what's your advice to those guys? What is my advice? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um. do, you, do you recommend being a manifester? <laughs> uh, why not? It's, it's one way. <laughs> it's one way. It's one way. Maybe not the easiest but mm. it does uh, it does lead you to what you want. Like if you... If you're stubborn enough and if you love it enough, you definitely can get what you want. Sure. I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, I would say, um, hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the advice? Uh, well, as, as long as you, as long as you love what you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's, um, keep your passion for it's, it. It's, it's easy to deal with whatever you find yourself. Either you start as a fun jumper or, or working as a drop zone. It's definitely, it's definitely easier. It helps if you're sure. at the drop zone for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so like here it's more. <laughs> it's tough, right? It is actually. Tough I mean, I happen to, I got really lucky. I was able to start working in the sport super, super early in my jumping career. Um, uh, back before there were so many rules and all this stuff. I mean, the first time I got paid to shoot a tandem video, I had less than 100 skydives. I mean, I was a working skydiver before I had 200 skydives. Like, See how everything changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It changed a lot. And it's changed for the better, too. Because if I look back at, at uh, how my progression went, it was fucking foolhardy. You know, I mean, I only got lucky because I happened to get a job working as a tunnel instructor in an old-fashioned tunnel in Las Vegas. So I had more flying skills than I otherwise would have. Um, and was able to get a job at a time when you could get away with that shit, 
You can't get away with that now, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Like, I personally wouldn't recommend someone go out and get their tandem rating until they've got a couple thousand jumps. You definitely need it, yeah. Honestly, you know, and until you've put yourself through every conceivable situation and until you've uh, sat on the ground thinking, fuck me, that could have been it, you're not prepared yet. You know, I mean, in my opinion. And you know what? Like, I, I, when it comes to that, I can't really talk about it because I still didn't even have a cutaway. <laughs> like, what? I, like, I don't really know what's the very, 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 very... Like, yes, AFF. Sure. We reached the, like, the evaluation jump. Sure. But now I'm flying with the students, pretty nice students at the moment. I sure. still didn't find that one. But, um, yeah, I still didn't reach the level where it's like, oh, this... Could be that. Like, I had one landing with a friend. Right. It was a close call. I came down. I was like, okay, this was close to that. Those like, are the lessons. You, like, those are the lessons. Yeah. Good lessons. Yeah, you never forget those. But, yeah, I wonder what happens. Like, how does it look when you actually have a, sure. when you have a cutaway? And I was and so lucky. I made that. Uh, I found out on jump number 25. It was oh, my yeah? first cutaway at 25. That's a lucky my first one, yeah. broken bone at jump number 27. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, I broke my bone pretty, yeah, it was pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 60 jumps. (laughs) Well, it was funny, and I had somebody put it in perspective for me when I had that first cutaway, because it's really fucking freaky, especially when it's that early in the career, because I remember thinking, oh, my God, sometimes this shit really doesn't work, and then thinking, I have to pull these fucking handles, oh, my God, and doing it and landing and being pretty shook up, but proud of myself and but yeah, I was still it. scared and and uh, I had a, a a jumper that had tons of experience uh, and was like you probably had uh, I want to say a couple thousand jumps at the time and never he's like yeah he'd never had a cutaway and he's like you know something I don't you have yeah. 25 fucking jumps and you know you can pull the handles Super like and him. I still haven't fucking done it he's all bravo good for you um, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. And uh, although it gets a little weird, and I'm sure high time, especially tandem instructors, will say half of the time you're praying for a fucking malfunction just to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> well, imagine. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like by because ju- I've had <laughs> I've had seven cutaways, and you're like literally finding yourself in free fall on a tandem, going, a "Good spinner would be kind of fun on this one." You know, reserve's gonna work. It'll Why be not? Fine. Yeah, you know, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> All right. So, that, I mean, that's good advice, though. Keep the passion and do manifest, maybe. But you, you got to kind of be a people person for manifest, yeah? You need to, yeah. But so like, maybe a You kind of be the people person anyway. Like, if you do the AFS. No, you don't. I'm an asshole, around. and I made it for but fucking 27 <laughs> years in this sport. Yeah, but you are in your own thing. Like, you have your, your toy. <laughs> True. Well, well, but, I mean, I started out in, in camera and did tandem, yeah. but it's a, oh, diff- yeah. it's a different It's, it's, it's different. a different vibe. It's a different it's different but i would say like it's all about that freedom so feel free sure. be free follow your dreams do what you love and don't lose those seconds cool and if you're an antisocial prick start out on the packing mat no i think so yeah nice. i didn't try that one yet and I hope good I'm not yeah stay away from it I, yeah i think i'm gonna that's that's the second hardest job i'll stay on behind the, the radio yeah, yeah for <laughs> i sure. prefer to listen Tiana, to one of you guys <laughs> this was a blast Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. This was good. Thank you for the invitation. We'll see ya. Woohoo. <laughs>
And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to youtube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around.